Welcome to the Accidental Podcast. We're doing the 50 state movie thingy, and I'm Tina, and that's Joe over there. Over here, hello. And do you remember what state we were doing? This It's Maine. This, it is Maine. Great. One of the few states I've never been to. That's true. Joe did, as a, as a child, go to... His, his parents traveled quite a bit around the United States, and... And you got to see a lot, a lot of the country. Right. It's not like we were traveling, moving all the time. It was every year we'd have a family vacation, yep. matching t-shirts and everything. Yep. Just like the Griswolds mm-hmm. going to Wally World. <laughs> <laughs> Where, whereas we just always went to North Carolina because that's what good Western Pennsylvanians do. You go to you go to North Carolina. You go to the uh, the Pittsburgh Riviera, as we that's call right. it. Um, but we never made it to Maine. Right. I've never been to Maine either. Oh, we we'll have to remedy that. Yeah, I think that we really would like to. So we had a couple of movies to choose from, and we chose the Spitfire Grill because it was something that wasn't, I think, Stephen King and something that we hadn't seen right. before. All the other well, movies were like seen. Stephen King that we had already seen. Yeah, I had seen this movie before, but you hadn't. Right. Right. So this movie was made in 1996. Mm-hmm. It is starring Allison Elliott as Percy, Ellen Bernstein as Hannah. That's the elderly lady. And I'm sure you've seen her in many things, but she you can't familiar, place her. Yeah, she's right. in a ton of things. The the, the younger uh, star, mm-hmm. I, I don't know no, if I've seen I, her in anything. No, and she's been in a lot of stuff, including an after-school special. <laughs> Which I only saw that in her filmography. Was it a very special episode. It was a 1990 of... oh. uh, episode, so I'm sure I did not see that. I probably did. Well, maybe I did. <laughs> I don't. I guess it depends on when in 1990. And um, but that's really. I mean, she's done tons of stuff. Just like just tons of stuff I've never seen before, hmm. or like just like an episode of ER. You know, which right. You know. There are a gazillion episodes of ER. Body number 17. <laughs> right, right. Lady dying of something or other. Lady on a gurney number three. <laughs> and um, Marsha Gay Harden as Shelby. Now, did you recognize her? She's been in a ton of things, too. No. I'm not going to name things and off I'm not, because... I'm not sure I... Yeah. Shelby was... She was the the mousy lady. She was the lady that was helping her in oh, the kitchen. right. Yes. Right. She looked familiar. Right. Yeah, she has lots of, like, bit parts and stuff. And Will Patton as Nam. I've never heard of this name before. I couldn't decide whether Hannah was calling him Neil or Graham or something, but it's Nam. It's N-A-H-U-M. Isn't that where I got all messed up? Right. I don't I don't know where that name is. I've never heard that name before. I don't know. I don't I was kind of I was almost convinced that whoever whoever like wrote down like the cast names just kind of like fell on their keyboard or sneezed maybe while they were typing. You're alienating your listeners that have that name. Please tell me where this name comes from. I feel like I've heard of every name before, and this is a name I've never come across. And and I work in an industry where I see names constantly and all sorts of crazy weird names. I'm looking at you, Dr. Princess. And Dr. Princess. <laughs> the first name was DR. Uh-huh. Last name was Princess. I well, don't know what that could be. I don't know what DR could be. Anyways, I digress. 
he played Shelby's husband and also um, Hannah's nephew. Okay. Yeah. That's, so there's your cast. There's lots of other people uh, in here, but those are, that's your main cast. So, Joe, what is this movie about? Girl gets out of prison and decides she's going to start over in a small town because she figures... She, I don't know why she picked this small town. She says exactly why, but the logic was lost on me. She's a, she, well, she was, it was in so jail. so small she could get lost in it. Well, she was in jail in Maine. Right. But she's from Ohio. Right. And she was Akron? doing... Yeah. And she was doing... Like, she was working working in prison for the main tourist visitor right. center or whatever. I guess that's what main so, prisoners do. Right. So picking up trash on the highway. Right. So, so I think that maybe she just, like, she knew about this little town and, and that's why, and maybe that's why she wanted to go there. Or maybe it was, like, the war, the the warden knew, like, the chief of police. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's, she picked it because... She'd talk about this town. You yeah, know, maybe. Two people. But I think also that the warden knew the chief of police and knew that yeah. it would be a good fit there. Hmm. And he could keep an eye on her. Right, right. So she goes there right. to try to start over, but things just don't work out for her. Yeah. And things kind of do, and they kind of don't. They kind of do, and then they don't. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's a good story. synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, well, my problem was it was terribly formulaic like from the beginning i uh, we were probably what 20 minutes into the movie <laughs> and i said here's how it's gonna be yeah yeah well that was like kind of like you know normally we kind of like mark this thing into like favorites like things that we really liked and then we go into facts and then we're done but i have a little side section called not favorites hmm. And the big thing I have about not favorites is that it's terribly predictable. Right. But without being negative first, why don't we do the positives first? Okay. So uh, it was well acted, I thought, mm-hmm. uh, for some characters. The the main character, our, our heroine, she does a wonderful does a job, job, doesn't she? The old lady does a great With job. Ellen Bernstein, of course yeah. she does. Um I, I didn't care much for the acting of the nephew. Well, he's very he's a very one note character. Yeah, like really, you get you get really his is. motivation is that he's protective of his aunt and doesn't much care for a, an ex prisoner coming to his town and working so closely with her and kind of yeah. who can blame him. But he's kind of like oh, I mean totally, to his wife. I and, get the character. I just don't think it was acted very oh, well. Oh, I don't think they really gave him much to no. act on. So, uh, again, I'm getting back to negatives. But the, the positives is, uh, yeah, the, the main character uh, did a great job. I, I think the director did a great job. The scenery. Oh, my the, God. It's a beautiful. Lot of the, the way it was filmed. And it was filmed entirely in Maine. Is, is that? No. It was not. Okay. It's filmed in Vermont, actually. Close but it's enough. taking place in Maine. Vermont's yeah, not beautiful. too not I well I mean I don't know I've never been to either state but I Vermont assume that they're New very Hampshire. they're very close by so yes I've been to both but didn't oh. make it up to Maine oh yeah I I dig it one of my favorite parts is the prisoners getting together to help their 
They're they're pal on the outside. Yeah, I think there's like tons of really kind of like touching parts of this film, and I think that yeah, the she calls up her pals because there's a contest that so Hannah has been talking about selling the the Spitfire Grill for some time, mm-hmm. and doesn't think and and obviously like real estate isn't real like buying a restaurant in the middle of nowhere probably isn't high on a lot of people's priorities let's face it this town had seen better days right it was what coal it was a a grant it was like a granite no no that's what he wanted to do well no there's a quarry Mm -hmm. and and he is trying to sell the quarry he's trying Uh. he's a real estate guy so he's trying to sell that and if he can sell that then Maybe, like, they can get stuff going again, and maybe, like, the town can revive itself. Mm -hmm. But it's a dead town. Yeah, it's a dead and dying town. So Percy, the main character, she comes up with the idea, or she had seen it before, that people, if it would be like a raffle. So Mm -hmm. people would send in $100 and an essay. Well, and an essay, but not a whole lot for, you know, buying property. And... You know, and 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 entering an essay, and then they would read the essay, and the essay that they like best would win Mm -hmm. this property that comes with a restaurant and also a house attached to it, um, and loyal customers and stuff. So to get the word out, because she doesn't really have any contacts, she contacts her her friends that she worked with in the in the main visitor center. Basically, Mm -hmm. great idea. Sure. Very convenient. 20 years later, I wouldn't spend $100 on a chance like that. I don't know. Nope. I mean, if you were looking for, like, a a fresh start or something, it would be a place to go. I, Joe and I both come from small towns, like, on the outside of, like, a larger town, of course. And I, I have fond memories of growing up in a little town. That little town is dead and dying. And, um... I, I liked living in a small town. Did you? This is much... Well, <laughs> I didn't like it when Did I was... You know? No. <laughs> I when I was very When I was very little, I loved it. When I was a teenager, not so much. But uh, looking back on my childhood, it was a very nice childhood yes. in a small town. Sure. It kills me that there's only one restaurant. It's the Spitfire Grill. And when... Who's our main character's name? Percy. When Percy comes along and doesn't know how to cook and they get their food. It's like, well, that's what you got. So you're eating it because <laughs> right. you don't have any other choice. Right. So eat the burnt eggs. Uh-huh. And yeah, up. that means well, they're very loyal customers. Like that's where you go. Mm-hmm. Like you can't make your own eggs. Right. Like, well, I guess not. Well, I think there's the social aspect, too. That's where everything happens That's is right. the Spitfire Grill. And the postmaster is there because she's the gossip of the town. She knows everything that's, that's going on. That's where you find on. everything out at the Her Spitfire Grill. Her name is Grill. Effie. Effie. Effie Sue. <laughs> it's not Effie Sue, but it's Effie. <laughs> she doesn't look like a wad of garbage or what, what was it? Uh, I, I can't even remember her name. A, a pile of... I don't know. We're trying to think of dead milkman lyrics here. <laughs> <laughs> Stuart. Uh, that Stuart. No, that's not Stuart. No, what no, is no. That? 
That's off of metaphysical graffiti. Right. The it's the worm the, farm. The worm farm. The worm Mega farm. Mega farms for maggots. Worm farms for worms. That's right. That's right. Oh, ball of fungus. She's a ball of fungus. <laughs> She's not a ball of fungus. She looks like a ball of fungus. Right. Sorry. But back to the Spitfire Grill. <laughs> and if you haven't listened to the Dead Milkman. Everybody should listen to the Dead Milkman. Yes. Because they were fantastic. And they were funny and and you at least would get like one song, if you want to call it that, uh, on each album that would basically be just like a story with a walking bass going on in the background. <laughs> and then you get like some ridiculous story. Rumor that, has it you were thinking about going down to the shore. Right, you get, get songs like Bitch and Camaro and whatever the worm farm and the maggot farm and... Mm-hmm. Uh, and Stuart and Stuart. Well, that's a song song. Though. It is, yeah, but, but it's not also like Stuart. But I mean, not Stuart. All... No, Stuart. Or like the lesbians that come out of manhole covers. A left-eyed lesbian <laughs> albino midget. <laughs> that's what. It... Anyways, that's not a, that's not what this movie that is, is about. That's not what this movie is about. <laughs> How did we well, get there? I don't remember. But, oh, because Effie is the name of the Effie. postmaster. You don't hear that often. You don't hear Effie very much. Well, I love that there's this female main cast. And and this is kind of what drew me to the movie to begin with, is that you've got your three main women, and this movie is really about them like the men are kind of like yeah they're off silly whatever. or stupid or mean like it uh, or living in the woods <laughs> you know right. uh, and the women are kind of what are, are doing the stuff right mm-hmm. so you have percy who's the the woman that comes from the jail and i really love her backstory i love that she's like an ex-prisoner who's just trying to kind of she just wants a fresh start and she wants to start somewhere small, you know, and kind of just make her way and not be of any trouble to anybody kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not really sure why um, getting beaten by her stepdad, I understand how that, like, it was because she was pregnant and I understand that that obviously would, you know, make a woman lose her, lose the baby, have a miscarriage but i don't exactly know why that would make her like infertile for the rest of her life now if we have any doctor listeners let me know the difference but i kind of like like did he punch her so hard in the uterus that she could no longer carry babies possibly or is this just something somebody told her or maybe she's something she thinks maybe maybe she can't mentally do that oh that's a that's a that's a that's a theory that would work. Right? I don't know. She kind of makes it really seem get, like it's medically that she cannot I, I have a baby. That. I mean, they didn't get that far into it. No. Right? No, it was just kind of like, this is this. Because yeah. it was a lead up as to why she was in jail in the first place. Because mm-hmm. apparently she took a razor and murdered her stepfather. Right. And to that, I'm still unsure why she went to jail. Yeah. So she went to jail really? for killing her abuser. Right. Really? You don't know any women that are in jail? I know, for... I know, I don't know them personally, but right. yes, there are plenty of women who are in jail of, 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 but I think that a woman, a young woman 
who had just miscarried her stepfather's child because she had been raped by said stepfather. And then he beat the crap and then stole her, took her all the way to Maine from, uh, from Ohio and then beat the shit out of her that she miscarried the baby. What jury, like, I don't understand, like, what jury put her in jail for that? A main jury. I mean, <laughs> right? Like, like, and then I was like, who was her defense attorney? Like, who is this? Like, was it just like a, like a, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want to disparage um, public defenders. Public defenders, but I'm just saying, you should have done a better job. My goodness, this woman has every, you know, has no right to be in jail. Let's face it, it there's like a lot of women that while. are in jail. I know. Uh, that probably shouldn't be. Is it the 90s? <laughs> That happened in the 90s a lot? Probably. I don't know. It probably happens a lot now, too. Uh, Maybe this is more of a remark on the judicial system uh, when it comes to poor people and how they don't get very good fair trials. because she did say that she was white trash from Ohio. Yep. Originally, what, Kentucky? Well, she's saying that that, that she's always lived in Ohio, but her, her folk... Her kin, her kinfolk, came from the mountains, mm. and that that, that would one. that would mean Appalachia. So I'm thinking maybe like Kentucky, West Virginia, Kentucky, Kentucky? yeah. Uh, but I still don't know why she would have that really thick Southern accent. That was thick, although. I mean, there's a weird accent around here. You can drive sixty. 60 minutes south of where we're at and you're going to hear some accents. Yeah, I always kind of chalk that up to there's like a mixture of like western Pennsylvania, like midwestern kind of weird accent mm-hmm. mixed in with like southern drawl because well, they that, listen. That southern drawl comes out like if you, our West Virginia movie, what was that? Mate one. Uh, Mate one. I mean, if we drove to Mate one yeah, right now, yeah. you are going to hear an accent. I don't think that they have much of an accent in Akron. Now, our friend Brian lives in Akron, so maybe he could tell us if they've got a thick, if there's thick Southern accents in Akron. Right. But I mean, Mark Mothersbaugh and Devo are from Akron, and I don't, I don't hear anything from them. That's because they're shout singing all the time. They're not shout singing. They are. You must whip it. That's true. Well, that's that song is a, is a shouty song because <laughs> he's calling you to action. Hmm. That's what happens. Anyway, so then you have Hannah, who is your crotchety elderly lady. Who I is, like her. She's got moxie. I hate moxie. I'm sorry. She has a chutzpah. Spunk. She's got spunk, right? <laughs> no, I do love that she's just... I, I love there's like a scene where everyone's whispering about Percy at the beginning. And Percy's like, oh, Hannah, did I tell you that I was in jail for whatever, for, I don't think she even said what she She was in jail for, for, but for how long she was in jail and that she just got out and stuff. She did that to get on the postmaster, who's a horrible gossip. Well, I think she got that to everybody just to shut them up and stop Mm -hmm. gossiping about her. And like Hannah gives this look of like, like shock at first, like, oh my God, I can't believe she did that to my customers. And then she was like, you know what? Yeah. Absolutely, have at them. And I think I thought I think it's sort of a nice little nice yes. little scene, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think that Hannah really likes her because I think maybe she sees her as like, you know, someone like her, mm-hmm. you know. And then of course you have what's up Shel- with her kid? 
We'll get to him. Okay. But then, but then I also love Shelby, who you know starts off the movie as kind of like the shrunken Violet, whose husband loves to tell her that she's just not smart Is enough. Shrunken and Violet? I always thought it was Shrieking Violets. Shriek. Well, if you're a Shrieking Violet, you're not going to be very timid, are you? No. No, Is it's a, a shrunken Violet, or a shrinking Violet. Hmm. Anyways, she is a timid woman who, like, her husband is like, like, oh, I want you to wash my blue shirt, not my white shirts. I wanted my blue shirt. Right. You know, and, and um, you know, and, like, telling her she's not smart enough and stuff like that. And, I, and Oh, yeah, that you know, was something. Yeah, and then, you know, she comes to help out and sees that Percy's not very good. Oh, yeah, good. about the idea for the, the raffle. Yeah, yeah. Did, did you... I knew it wasn't you that thought of that. You're not smart enough. Yeah, like, thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah, so, like, she comes to help out Percy in the kitchen and realizes that she's a terrible cook. And then, not a cook. And, and doesn't say, you're not very good at this. She finds a way to kind of maneuver herself onto the grill. You know what I mean? And then Percy's like, oh, you're so much better at this than I am. We'll do it this way. Which is beautiful like a beautiful little dance that they do there you know i do yeah so even though like all of these women are very typical and predictable female tropes in a movie you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i still i still love them i still love those characters it is very what was the thing i said in the last episode the other episode the yeah yeah sister pizza pants yeah yeah sister i don't know was it <laughs> yeah yeah pizza pants yeah, yeah, sister pizza pants yeah yeah sisterhood pizza pants pizza pants yeah. pizza pants <laughs> yeah well i mean yeah i mean all of them like you know you unfortunately like you know you have a group of women and each one of them has to portray like a different type of woman it's kind of like um whenever like a gay couple is portrayed on screen like one gay one of the gay men has to be like super you know fastidious and like fastidious well fussy has to be super fussy and you know, super flamboyant. And the other one has to be like super neurotic and kind of like, Oh, I can't believe I'm with this person. You know what I mean? That was the worst movie I've ever seen. And we didn't finish. What the heck was that? Oh no, that that was that Netflix thing that we watched. What was that? That was boys in the band. So bad. Yeah. You didn't like it, but even, do you remember there was like a TV show that you and I watched for a little, it wasn't on for very long. It was like two gay men and this woman who has like a daughter comes to live with them for some reason. I don't remember why. My two dads? No, 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 no. It was because the because <laughs> the woman was there too, and like the little girl. The judge, yeah. No, 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 a- <laughs> no. And then and then like the little girl for I don't know if you remember this, but the little girl for Halloween dresses up as little Edie from like Grey Gardens. Very vaguely, I remember. But like, I really liked that show. And then I read an article about how like, oh, just another like gay couple trope there. Mm -hmm. Like, and I was like, you know what? You're absolutely right. And I really shouldn't be watching something that's like this, like convoluted and just watered down and easy easy to digest kind of. But back to this movie. (laughs) did you um so why don't we talk about the guy in the woods okay it's her son (laughs) yes 
But before we we are told this, even if we discover it very early on, what is I don't I don't get it. It's nice because it, it makes us spend more time in the woods, which yeah. goes back to like the scenery of of mm-hmm. the movie and. Um, you know, she... But you also learn a little bit about forestry from her uh, gentleman <laughs> suitor. And the guy who's, like, eating bark off of trees, who is just, like, this kind of side character that right. you're like, what? What the heck was that? Because you, you kind of see him halfway through the movie. He's, like, some weird guy, and then he's off, and then you find out later that he's, like, some sort of... Doctor. Arborist. Medicine. Yeah, and, and he figured out something about these trees that nobody else wants because well there's some kind of medicinal quality in the bark yeah so great now the new growth yeah yeah so like the guy who owns all of this acreage of like crap land now owns lots of great land back to her son so so the whole thing is that Hannah leaves out a burlap sack of canned goods mm-hmm, and, and then puts an axe in the tree stump. Mm-hmm. Was there a can opener in there? Apparently he has a can opener okay. out in his little like woodland shack. That's fair. It, he's made it look like a bird, apparently, out of pine cones. Yes. But he's got a pine cone can opener and he, <laughs> and he opens up the cans that way. But like he's living out there. He's living out there, and so we understand that he went to Vietnam. He got all messed up in Nam, and he came, and and they didn't know what happened to him. Like he never came home. Right. But well, the town thought he died over there. I, I think you're led to believe that he died there, and that the town became a shell of a town because he was like their, he was the star quarterback. He was like everything. Everything to them. was riding, and on he him. didn't get drafted. He enlisted. That's right, because he was doing his duty to his country. That's right. So he is living out in the woods. Let's let's. So Vietnam ends around like seventy three, seventy four. Yeah. I don't know the exact date. Uh, but it is currently, you know, 1996. We're, we're assuming this takes place in current time. So that means he spent 20 years in the woods? Yeah. Where? 75. Wow, I didn't realize right. it was that late. So where is he? Is, are we led to believe that he lives in the place where she finds all of the bird sculptures? Yeah. yeah. In Maine? Uh-huh. In the winter? Sure. The little Do you ig- see where I'm going with this? The little igloo. What? The little igloo. I'm just saying, like, this is becoming a little bit far-fetched. For, I mean, for a fictional movie, I, this is the part that I was, I'm just kind of like, I... Do you think it's, that for... It's cold, it's cold here right now. Mm-hmm. And they... They don't. They don't like people being outside in, in this kind of weather. And I'm right. sure in Maine, it's a lot colder in the middle of winter, and there's mm-hmm. a lot more snow. I'm just saying. Do Do you think that before electricity and um, his house doesn't have four walls? No. Yeah. It, right. Or is that his little workspace, and he has a different home? Maybe. Maybe he stays in a cave. Maybe he stays in a cave. Are there not in? People indigenous to Maine? 
I'm sure. But again, you you probably have like four walls and and his little work his little workspace doesn't have four no. walls. It's fairly open on one side. I I I'm just saying it is possible that somebody could survive for 20 years right. in Maine. Plausible? No. <laughs> yeah, it's that that's yeah. I mean, there are several things I find to be a little far-fetched and a little bit kind of like the suspension of disbelief is a little bit uh, slathered on kind of thick. Right. So Hannah always leaves him, a, leaves him a bag of canned goods. But when Percy takes over because Hannah has fallen because she's being a nebby nose. Mm-hmm. And she changed it up. She was like, she maybe you'd up. like something else. She puts bread in there, which why didn't Hannah put bread in there? And she puts pictures in there. Yeah. Which was really interesting because then she finds the, her picture of the waterfall next to a waterfall. And then she starts to cry. I'm not exactly sure what she's crying about. <laughs> Is it because it's so purdy? Maybe. Waterfalls are purdy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why she's crying so much. She's always crying. Maybe prison does that to people. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe it does. <laughs> So the back to that essay contest, I really, really love. Did you really, did you like the part where, you know, they're reading all of the essays and stuff and Effie gets really angry because now she's got these like sacks full of letters and stuff and people are murmuring about the letters. And then Hannah comes out. She's like, if you're so interested, then here you read some and you read some and you read some. And then you find that. It's bringing the town closer together. Because they're hearing from other people how beautiful their town is. Right. And why somebody would want to live there. Exactly. And I think now the townsfolk have an invested interest in the things that happen in their town. So, I mean, Percy comes to town. She comes to town. Nobody nobody asked her to come to town. She is, like, invading into the town. And the townsfolk are kind of... You know, they're not having any of it. They're upset about it because nobody asked them if they wanted a prisoner to live in their town. Mm-hmm. And this way, the next new person that comes to their town, they get to, pick. They get to help pick that person. Mm. And I think that it brings them together as well. That's not how any of this works. Well, again, it's like all of this suspension <laughs> of disbelief in this, in this uh, fictional town where there seems to be only 20 people. I mean... I grew up in a small town, but I didn't know everybody, you know, um, that they get to they get to pick who is going to take over Hannah's restaurant. Yeah, I I really that scene takes place. It's a very short scene, but I I really I'm my heart gets warm and fuzzy whenever I see that scene. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Do you have any other favorite things about other things that you liked before we get to the not liking? Yeah, that, that about sums it up. All right, so we'll talk about predictability ah, then. Geez. It's there's so much of it. Do you want me to go through line by line of the predictable things that happen? No, because like I said, what was it? 15 20, 20 minutes in, I told you how it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I was it was so mm-hmm. obvious that all right, that the guy in the woods is actually her son from Vietnam and they're going to fall in love, but something's going to go wrong. To make that not happen, and 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 how are they going to overcome this obstacle? And and 
Well, I mean, it's following your regular old movie things where, I mean, there's a first act and a second act and a third act. And there's not a whole lot of veering off course at Mm -hmm. all. But yeah, there's definite tropes going here. Of course, of course, the small town townsfolk are not going to take take lightly to to a stranger. You know, exactly. uh, He's going to get his. Oh, yeah. uh, and you know that Percy, like, as soon as Hannah falls and Percy has to take over, you know she's going to be a bad cook. Mm-hmm. And Shelby, of course, she's d- a dumb housewife. Oh, oh, she can, she can cook. <laughs> it's not that, not that far off that that yeah. that would be, you know. And then of course, of course, as they're like collecting the money for the raffle. You know Is it going to go missing? It's going to go missing, and the nephew's going to have a hand in it, and of course Percy's going to be, you blamed know, blamed for it. For yeah. it. And she's going to be innocent, though. Like, she didn't actually... You know, they'll put the little, like, nugget of, like, oh, but she's gone. But, you know, no, she's yeah. actually innocent. And then, like, yeah, then you know that the man that's in the woods is going to be Hannah's missing son. Yeah. It, Why was he out there? Like he comes home from Vietnam the war. Was hard. I. There are lots of men who came home from the war and did not just go decide to come to their hometown, but live in the woods. I think a lot of people did. Maybe not, not exactly in that way, but I think a lot of people came home and checked out. Oh, okay. So you you think that the woods are a metaphor for checking out? Perhaps. Oh, okay. That sounds that sounds plausible. Sure. <laughs> Probably not in <sighs> this movie. No. I don't think that they no. got that deep in, into the you know thought of of recovering from war. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Sure, people get mm-hmm. messed up. Mm-hmm. You get a war. You're all messed up. You don't. Maybe right. you don't just reintegrate back into society. Not even after 20 years in the woods, in, in the middle, in 20 winters, 20 main winters. Yes. You've never come inside. Vietnam started things. Probably 20 main winters <laughs> helped to develop that, yeah. that sense of, uh, I am not okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So it's also not a problem that within, like, I don't know, like half of a day that nephew gets together like a whole slew of like a squadron of people to go have a manhunt in the woods for Percy and the missing money. Just go down the militia, you know, phone tree. That's true. That's true. So my question, (laughs) like, like, so... So fat, not even fast forward, slightly forward to the ending. You know, Percy is trying to protect the man who's living in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, and she tries to cross the river and she gets swept in the river and she she drowns and dies. Yeah. That's usually what happens after you drown. Although I guess some people drown and they don't die. They get revived. Well, she died by drowning or, or head trauma. Well, Those yeah, either, either way, like she died in the water. Yes. So my big problem with the ending is that the nephew can only learn his lesson to not judge people is the only way that he's going to learn that lesson is that, that the, that Percy has to die. (laughs) Right. And then he stands up in the church and says, you know, I didn't know her fault. 
and he doesn't go to jail. I stole the money. And he doesn't go to jail. Right. And it's like, <laughs> oh, you learned your lesson, you. And that's, and, that's, and that's my other big problem. If Percy, who murders her her abuser of many, many years, mm-hmm. goes to jail, and a man who files a false police report, incites a lynch mob to go after her that ends up forcing Percy to go into the river in which she dies Mm -hmm. and nothing happens to him. Right. Like, he should be in that church and he, he could be there to say how he misjudged her and he didn't know her very well, but that man should be in handcuffs. Right. Nope. He's fine. He's fine. He learned his lesson. He'll he'll he won't be quick to judge the next stranger that comes right. into as town. Quick. Oh, as quick. <laughs> he'll be like, that person's a stranger and I don't like I don't like him. And then, I'll give him a chance until tomorrow morning. That's right. <laughs> in which I'll frame <laughs> him for murder this gum. time. <laughs> I'll murder somebody in the yeah. woods and frame him. It's just uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that That's it for my not favorites. It's just that it's very predictable. So predictable. I, I think that it spends a lot of really nice time on certain characters. And then, like in the case of the nephew, he just becomes just like this one note kind of awful character. Mm-hmm. He's obviously your antagonist. What do you think of the movie? I really like this movie. Really? I, I mean... Yeah, it's still a lovely little movie. I didn't turn it off or walk away from it. No. I, I certainly wouldn't choose to watch it. Yeah, I hadn't seen this movie probably in a good 20 years. Mm-hmm. About as long as it takes for a man to come out of the woods. That's right. <laughs> Do you want, I have a couple facts. Okay. Do you want a couple of them? Sure. All right, so uh, this was an indie darling that got some grumbling... Because it was funded by the Sacred Heart League. You know what that is? I do. Do you? No, I don't. I was hoping you'd tell me. <laughs> it's a non. It's a Catholic nonprofit organization. What? Yep. So I guess what happened was critics thought it would be heavy-fisted with religious meaning. Yeah. Because of who funded it. Well, well I mean, they're the ones who made it, but well, there really, but there really wasn't any. No, why, but there is a. They, I mean, Catholics usually aren't about funding things, from my experience. Well, if it doesn't further their cause in some way. Yeah, I mean, there is like a little scene. So there's a church in town mm-hmm. that doesn't really function as a church anymore. And like Shelby's like talking about how like this is where she comes, though, to kind of she does like a little bit of like a religious kind of talk with her. But it's not anything more than any other movie does. Right. You know, like, you know, if you watch Soul, the new Disney movie, I mean, it's got as much religious meaning as, as this little conversation that they have. But there is that song that Percy sings in the field. Remember, she's walking through the woods and ends up in the field. And then the, the woodland yeah, man wasn't is behind her. Yeah, was mostly about Maine or something? Well, it's called, and, and I, I was wrong. I thought she said there is a bomb in Gilead. And I was B-A-U-M because that's 
that's woods. That's that's trees. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought maybe that she's talking about trees. Right. But actually, that that's an actual uh, old hymnal, like an oh, old yeah? an old like church hymn, and it's balm b a l m. Yeah. There's a balm in Gilead. That um, let's see. To make the wounded whole, there is a balm in Gilead to cure a sick and, uh, sin-sick soul. Okay. So, I mean, it, it is talking about how... And, and this... I think that, that song is poignant because she's talking about how she has this, like, wounded soul and that this town maybe can heal her by just being itself. Oh, yeah? You know what I mean? Don't you think? I mean, that's why she went there in the first place. She went there to kind of heal herself. Or was she talking about him? Well, he comes up behind her and kind of puts his hand on her head. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's no way that man would be sneaking up on that woman. He, his smell would come from like miles Ooh. away. <laughs> Unless his cave has plumbing. Maybe. Which in 20 years, you might be able to put some plumbing in a septic system and other things in that, right? I don't know. Maybe. So maybe, yeah, I didn't get the religious religious anything either. out of it. So I'm I'm shocked that if the Catholic Church paid for that, what they're well, it's not the Catholic Church. It's an organization, uh, a Catholic nonprofit. So I don't think okay. I I don't you know more about the Catholic Church than I do. But I would think that maybe you could have like you know your local. Catholic Church has like some sort of thing that it's doing, but the the nevertheless, funds, the a Catholic nonprofit has to have some motivation, right? Well, they were they were raising they were going to use this movie to raise money for like a some sort of like finding a cure for some sort of oh um, okay. something or other, like some I gotcha some I'm sick and I can never get better disease right <laughs> so. So, um, so they take it to Sundance in 1996, mm-hmm. and the crowd loves it. The cr- it, it yeah. actually it actually wins the audience award. Wow! They they love it there, and then Castle Rock Entertainment's there, and they're like, "Great, everyone loves this thing. We're gonna buy it for ten million dollars." And they're like, 10, 10 million? Yes, please." <laughs> And they take that money, and I I read that they like built like a school or something with that money, and then, uh, of course, gave the money to the sick people who don't get better. Did they get better? I, I don't know. That wasn't in that wasn't in my findings. Mm. I can tell you, there's not a whole lot of facts about this movie. It it kind of is like a little blip because Castle Rock puts it in major distribution, and guess what happens? What? Uh, the masses go, oh, we don't like this. Mm. The critics are like. It's a religious movie and we don't like it. And then, then people are like, yeah, we don't like religious movies either. So nobody it likes it. It wasn't a religious movie. I know. That's what I'm saying. I think that, it, I think that you know, if Damn you... Damn you, Siskel. Yeah. If, and yeah, I think uh, Roger Ebert didn't like it at all. Hmm. In fact, at this point in time, you have movies like uh, Fry Green Tomatoes and stuff like that. And, and this movie kind of gets lumped in as like a lesser version of these other female-led movies of that time. It's kind of like there was a movie called um, um, Sounds of Echoes or Whisper of Echoes. It had Kevin Bacon in it. 
Of course it did. Um, so at that time, so so Sixth Sense comes out, but then also this um, stir, stir of echoes, stir Flatliners. no stir of echoes, and it's very similar. Hmm. It's a very similar movie, and stir of echo, stir of echoes is a really good movie, but because it's like not, I mean, because Sixth Sense spoiler alert has a big twist at the end, which I'm not going to reveal in case you haven't seen that movie in the past 25 years or however long it's been out. But because it's got that plot twist in it, people like went not so for that movie and Stir of Echoes doesn't really have that kind of a plot you twist. You know who's at the in end. that? Bruce Willis. I know Bruce Willis, your, your nemesis. <laughs> uh, uh, Joe doesn't know what Bruce Willis looks like if he's standing in front of him, but that's a story for another time. Mate. Oh, Oh no, it wasn't. Is that movie, that movie is set in Pittsburgh, isn't it? Oh, we already did Pennsylvania. Yeah, we did Pennsylvania. We could have done Striking Distance. We could have. Oh, we missed our <laughs> mark there. Anyways, um, I think because, like, Gre- Fried Green Tomatoes But you know, was, I've never seen that. I've never seen it either, oh, okay. and I don't really want to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have River Police. <laughs> we do. We don't really have River Police. Sure no, not like in that movie. Well, doesn't matter. So, yeah. So because there's movie, there are movies that are on the same time that are held a little bit higher better. regard. <laughs> this movie kind of gets a little bit of like a, uh, yeah. you know, a, a yank, and nobody really watches it, and nobody really likes it. Yeah, um, it doesn't get really great. It gets great um, consumer reviews, like on. On like IMDb and stuff like that, pe- people that decide to leave rev- I, who are these people who leave who reviews? Are these people? <laughs> I don't I don't really care much about any movie to do something like that. But there are people and and they and they really do like it. I couldn't really find like a really bad one except for from critics. Hmm. But my last my last fact is in two thousand one it became a musical. Shut up. And uh, it has a couple of little differences. So it's not Maine anymore. It's now Gilead, Wisconsin, which I've never been to Wisconsin either. I think they might be kind of similar places. I've been there. Oh, no, I have been. I have been to Wisconsin. Yeah, you've followed Weezer out there. I followed Weezer out there. I was in Madison, Wisconsin, Hmm. and it was a beautiful little town. I don't know if I've been to Wisconsin. What, What else is in Wisconsin? Um, that's where that '70s show was was supposed right, to be. Right. Stevens Point. Mm, no, I don't know what else is in Wisconsin. I'd have to figure out if I've been to Wisconsin. The plot of the nephew taking the money to frame Percy seems to be gone. In this one, Percy actually leads Eli, who is the Woodlands man. She actually leads him back to the restaurant to reunite with Hannah, and. Turns out, and this might fill in the blanks for what was going on with Eli. So in the musical, Eli is a deserter from Vietnam. Oh, very different. And because he does that, he actually like, I guess the his dad, like Hannah's husband, he dies from like shame mm. from his son. And whenever Eli comes back, is that actually something that the coroner puts down? Cause of death. Shame. Shame. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and to shield him from the town, Hannah 
has him stay in the woods and she feeds him with that sack of food. I see. So then Hannah reads. So, but yeah, so then they're reunited because Percy leads him back to the restaurant. So then Hannah's reading the essays and Hannah reads the, an, an essay that she loves and guess who wrote it? Who? Percy and, um, what's her name? Shelby. Hmm. She likes that one the best, and they win the contest. And they get the restaurant, which I was like... I'd be following suit. That's a conflict of interest. Yes, it is. <laughs> I mean, that seems, like, that seems like that's just a way for you to get a whole bunch of money, mm-hmm. and you're just going to give it... Because even when we were watching it, I couldn't remember, like, what happened. And I was like, Does she She should really just give the restaurant to, to Percy and Shelby. They, they run the restaurant really well, and they love the restaurant, and they love her. But then I was like, oh, but she got all that money from all those people. Right. That, that wouldn't be right. No. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I'd be, I'd be filing Not a, a lawsuit. Not a problem for the musical. But it's a happy ending. Not like the movie, which is not very much of a happy ending. Not if you pay although, $100. No. Although at the in the movie, she does award the restaurant to a young mother who has a son, had a little boy, and just wanted a fresh start in, in Gilead. So people really, really like the musical, actually. It um, it came out around the time of 9-11. Oh, yeah? So a lot of people said that it was a bright spot in the city, because it's in New York. Uh, it was pl- being played in New York. And so people thought that it was a bright spot in the city during that dark time. Lovely. And that's the Spitfire Girl. What's next? Well, what state is next? It is... Utah. Have you been to Utah? I have. Joe, you've been almost everywhere. Almost. You've been everywhere, been everywhere man. <laughs> did you did you like Utah? Yeah, it was really neat. I mean I, I went to Salt Lake City. Yeah. Got to see the uh The Tabernacle. The tabernacle. Got to see Did you get to go inside? Did yeah. You, do do you get to like do anything inside or you just like walk inside and go like, yep, that's a tabernacle. I just remember is... the incredible dome that mm. was in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Don't they have like a big like organ like with lots of pipes? They do. They do. I, I think I have pictures of it. I think I played it. <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I played in a Vita. That's right. <laughs> um, so I picked two movies. My friend Steve lives oh, in, in right. Salt Lake. Well, just south of Salt Lake City. Didn't you say in Provost? No. Or Provo? That's what it's called, Provo. Sandy. No. Sandy, Utah. Yeah. So there are two movies that I picked out. The first one is called The World's Fastest Indian. And do you know what that movie's about? Is it about an Indian who's Motorcycle. Fast? Oh, a motorcycle. They're my favorite motorcycle. I saw somebody make a motorcycle out of chocolate on a YouTube video, and it was mesmerizing. Was it running? No, no. Okay, it, good. It was cause... edible. Like, everything was... But, I mean, it was down to every detail. Like, every... Yeah. Like, the motor and everything else. Yeah. I was going to say, you'd sit on it, and your, your pants would get all chocolatey. Don't, yeah, don't sit on the chocolate motorcycle. Mm. It, so, The World's Fastest Indian is a 2005 drama starring Anthony Hopkins. Sir Anthony Hopkins. I know, yeah. 
as Burt Munro setting the record for speed on the Utah Salt no, Flats. Not, not, not uh, to me, it always sounded like like Ford versus Ferrari was. It sounds mm. like, like uh, I don't really care about this, but I feel like it could be really good. It could be, but nah. The other one is The Girl in the Black Stockings. Ooh, I, I which, like which was a 1957 bee movie. Mm. Not about bees. No. A bee movie. And if we do this one, we, I can actually... Seinfeld uh, wasn't I, even born No, yet. I could actually inform you on the rating system in the 50s and a movies and b movies okay and, and the listener in case well, the listener is not 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 aware so it's a murder mystery oh, since 1957 so it's a murder mystery about a girl found dead in a hotel in utah who is the killer was she wearing black stockings yes apparently hmm. i'm assuming uh it's got mamie van doren in it do you know who mamie, mamie. 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 Okay. Uh, she was a sex symbol in the 60s. And Anne Bancroft is in it. That's Mrs. Robinson. There's T.O. Yep. So those are our two. Those are oh, our two I, choices. I have two choices. Yeah. Gosh. I'll have to think about that. I'm, you know. I'm, I'm up for watching both of them, quite frankly. So that's that. All right. Utah. I, I um, also wanted to mention really, really quickly. I think that... I'm really sick of, of 2021 taking away really wonderful old actors. And I realize that they're all in their 90s, but I can't let it let it uh, go that uh, we've lost Cloris Leachman, who Joe and I actually have been watching the Mary Tyler Moore show on Hulu. And she's so good in it. Yeah, like I didn't think that it would hold up. But I'm it's, loving every episode. I love right the Mary Tyler Moore show. It's super funny. Ed Asner is just, as her boss, I remember watching it as a kid, and I thought it was funny, but I just thought, like, well, I think anything's funny, like, <laughs> when I'm, like, mm-hmm. seven or whatever. Yeah, but Ed Asner is awesome. He's so good at it. And Ted, Ted Knight is playing his regular Ted Knight role, which is like a pompous asshole, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's so good. Cicely Tyson also died, and she's just an, a wonderful actress. And I and I love that she played like my one of my favorite characters in The Help. And then Christopher Plummer died the other day. And you know how much I love The Sound of Music. That's right. And he was actually just in, and I think I did it for like a treadmill movie. It was a movie called Beginnings. And it was about um, a man whose elderly father um, comes out of the closet. It was so good. uh, Such an interesting take on things and really, really beautiful. So you have a chance you need to watch that movie. Anyways, so we're done. We're done. Visit us on all the socials and all the whatnot and everything. and, And Joe, say goodbye. 